So what if instead of focusing on trying to figure out alcohol, you tried to figure out yourself. You learned how to do all of the things that you think alcohol is doing for you, but better. You tapped into really understanding what the messages from your body meant and how to use your emotions to your advantage and how to really expand your desires to get what it is you finally really want and have real, lasting, sustainable pleasure. That is possible for you, and it is all available to you in the self-study course, The Naturally Sober Woman. It is everything that I teach my one-on-one clients, but it is compact for you, lifetime access on demand at a super affordable price available to you right now. You're going to go to my website, marywagstaffcoach.com, right there. It'll say self-study course or follow the link in the show notes right here. Get in there. One short video, just the welcome ceremony. There's a commence, a beautiful commencement ceremony that really anchors you into your intention for wanting to make this change into your life will change your life forever. It'll put you on a trajectory of new possibility because the bigger your desire is, the easier it's going to be to say goodbye to alcohol. So go on over to my website, get inside of the Naturally Sober Woman, and I will see you in there. Welcome, welcome. My name is Mary Wagstaff. I am a holistic alcohol coach who ended a 20-year relationship to alcohol without labels, counting days, or ever making excuses. Now I help women just like you from around the world do the same with my one-on-one private coaching program. In this podcast, we will explore my revolutionary approach to getting alcohol out of your way that breaks all the rules, life-enhancing tools that make not drinking exciting and joyful, and the profound and sacred journey that it is to rediscover who you are on the other side of alcohol. This show is not a substitution for rehabilitation, medical treatment, or advice, so please talk to a medical professional if your alcohol consumption is at risk to your mental or physical health. Now on with the show. Welcome back to the show, my beautiful listeners. I am so glad that you're here, and I'm also so thrilled to introduce one of my amazing, brave, beautiful clients who I've been working with for quite some time, and she has such an amazing story. Welcome to the show, Laura Neal. Laura, thanks so much for being here. Thank you, Mary. Happy to be here. Yes. Oh my gosh. So <laughs> this, you know, I just told you I was doing a little showcase of uh, of clients, clients that are brave mm-hmm. and daring to be out in the world. And I think that it's such an example of showing up authentically. And so um, I always like to start with my interviews of asking, what's the most magical thing about your life right now? Oh, you know, now I could tell you that it, there's so many magical things about my life because my life has become magical. Uh, I think probably more than anything is my energy and enthusiasm. Uh, no longer dampered, you know, they're just, they're just um, um, uncensored. Maybe. <laughs> and the possibilities are endless. That feels very magical. Yeah. I mean, that's what all we've got, right? As our energy and our enthusiasm, it's like that, mm-hmm. that vibration rippling out into your life. Mm-hmm. And you really mm-hmm. have been exemplifying that. It's so inspiring. Um, so, you know, I would love to just go on a little journey of kind of your alcohol story and talking about kind of when and why you first started drinking and then, you know, fast forwarding into, into changing your relationship. So if you want to go ahead and just, yeah, let us know. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, well, I, uh, I was, a uh, I started drinking early. <laughs> I started drinking, uh, in high school. I was, uh, born into a, uh, in the sixties into a very, um, devoutly Catholic and fairly strict family. Um, but, but, but loving, um, drinking was not a part of our day-to-day but it certainly seemed to be uh a part of all of the children's day-to-day you know my my generation's day-to-day um at least the people I hung out with 
And uh, it, it, I think that really my alcohol story started because I was, a, I was a, a fearful and sensitive kid, kind of always feeling, lacking a little bit of confidence, never really, um, never really confident about who I was or, you know, being able to stand up for myself. Um, and, and the result of that ended up being a sexual assault when I was very young, I was only 13. And any shred of confidence I had left at that point was just gone. Um, I was bullied, I was grateful to get out of junior high. And, uh, and when I got to, when it was time to go to high school, I went to one way out of district so that I could be around people brand new, start over, try something new. And the first thing that I was invited to was a party. And the first thing that was put into my hand was a big tumbler of hard alcohol. And I, I was immediately accepted into the party group. <laughs> I just went from feeling like a very ashamed and lacking confidence and fearful little girl to feeling very adult, very confident and very accepted. And so the drinking just became a part of my new normal. Yeah. You know, I just, way, I drank. Yeah. And in that way, it was really solving a problem, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, it, you know, it felt like it was, I mean, in hindsight, um, had I got the, the actual help I needed for the issues that I was having rather than hiding them with the alcohol, that would have been so much better, but really it, in the seventies, I don't even recall hearing that much about, you know, if you were touched inappropriately, call this number, or if you have, you know, there was nothing like that. We, we didn't have Google. We didn't have the ability or the resources to seek outside. There's no way I would have told anybody inside my life what was going on. I, I know that my parents knew that there was something, but didn't know what it was. Um, yeah. It, 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 I felt like it solved, I felt like it solved it. And it's only now that I realize that it didn't solve anything. <laughs> it just buried it for a while. I, it allowed me to be comfortably numb. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's like in the moment though. Right. And that's why it's so important that when we do this work together, we don't, there's not this shame or regret because in the moment it's like, this is a great option. Right. And, Absolutely. You know, and, and everybody's laughing. Everybody's partying. Nobody's judging. Right. Yeah. And that's what I think is such an important piece that we kind of miss out on is that alcohol is doing something that you in that moment don't have the resources or the tools to understand. And, you know, you're a kid, so you're young, you're having a good time at the same time. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so, okay, good. So continue, please. So high school. So then from high school, I mean, I partied all the way through high school. My grades suffered, which of course made me feel stupid, <laughs> which added to my lack of confidence, the deep level of confidence, but more drinking just took care of that. Uh, I looked young for my, or old for my age. At 15, I was going into the bars and uh, with my girlfriends and, and, you know, high school was mainly partying and drinking. Mm -hmm. uh, after high school, I got out into the work world. I got a job right out of high school uh, with a oil company and it was 1979 and drinking was the norm then too. You know, at, at work, the drinking became more sophisticated, I like to say. Uh, you know, it was liquid lunches and cocktails after uh, after work that lasted for hours. And and instead of going to the bar, we were going to lounges. It was so high class, you know. Um, and uh, the party just continued. I, I worked and I met my husband to be and and through it all, I drank. Drink, drinking was a part of everything I did. If I camped, if I, you know, it was my reward. It was my, my go-to if things got bad. It just, it always gave me pleasure. I, I never felt like I was one of those people that was constantly, um, I never felt like the shit-faced drunk. I always just felt like I cope way better with, with alcohol. 
-hmm. I just cope way better. And so it just became a part of each thing that I did. Once I, uh, once I got married, we set up a bar, (laughs) we entertained. Now we're not going out anymore, but we're still drinking. Drinking just was a part of everything. Mm-hmm. I don't even understand why. Yeah. When I look back at it now, I, I it didn't even occur to me not to drinking. It, you know, it's a two-year-old's birthday. Why did one person in that room have to have a beer? But we did mm-hmm. because we're together and a gathering meant alcohol. Yeah. If you gather, you bring alcohol. And so I did. So the drinking just continued. But with that also came you know, there's, there's always the downside. There was the endless bad relationships and, uh, you know, lack that attracts lack. Um, and, and so I had, um, uh, I was a single mom very, very quickly. I, you know, with a baby and a three-year-old and, uh, life just life just continued and and drinking got me through all of those hardships you know when my husband left I drank and when I met the new person it was at a bar we drank <laughs> you know it just when I think of it now it just blows my mind because uh, it's, it's so of- different from my reality now Yeah. And it's one of those things I was just talking to someone yesterday where it's really like this one thing in our culture that throughout our growth, throughout ages, never really is examined as, is this something that I'm interested anymore, right? Like certain things naturally kind of fade away as you age and mature and do different things, Uh right? You become, you have Mm -hmm. different interests and because of its habit forming nature and its cultural acceptance, um, and this pleasure response that it has, it just goes unexamined. And I think that's why you don't even question it, right? It's not, it's like, do I even want this today? And so that's, that's where we get to do that work, right? Is that, that curiosity piece. So, so when did you, and I kind of know the answer to this, but, um, when did, what happened for you to start, to start looking at alcohol and think that this is the road that maybe isn't, I'm not wanting to travel anymore. Right. Yeah. Well, um, I, fell madly in love <laughs> with, uh, uh, with a man. And uh, in a very short period of time, he uh, very brutally and unceremoniously <laughs> um, tossed me. And I was 59 and I was dumped. And I was, I just thought, how can I be in this place? How can I be at 59 years old in another lousy relationship, <laughs> ending another lousy relationship. And where do I go from here? Is that all there is in this life? Is making out from one exist, you know, one scenario to another, one relationship to another, one job to another. And each time it's just meh. Mm. Ugh, meh. And I thought, I can't. I can't go into my 60th year. Everybody told me 60 is just going to be it, Laura. You're going to love being 60. And I thought, I'm not. I am not because I've wasted the last 44 years and I don't feel any further ahead or any happier. Or, you know, I, I mean, that's not to say that I didn't have happy moments. I, I, I had children. I love my children. You know, I, I bought a house. I loved, I felt proud of that. I, I did all of those things and I had happy moments, but at the, but deep down that feeling of, of not quite being enough and not quite having enough was always there. You know, it was just always there. And I thought, I just can't do this anymore. I can't do this anymore. So I, I knew it was time to, to make a change, but I didn't know what the change was. I was so heartbroken, devastated by the breakup that I started looking for, thank God for Google, information on uh, relationships with 
toxic relationships, how to recover from toxic relationships. And I found a ton of great information, of course, which I've been working with. But one of the things that I found was your podcast about the toxic relationship with alcohol. And I thought to myself, you know, a relationship is a relationship. It doesn't matter if it's with a sibling, a lover, alcohol, (laughs) an employer, whatever it is, it's still a relationship. And I could relate to the things that you were saying in it and tapping into the witness um, just made things, it took the shame away from me and let me look at my situation from an outside perspective. And so even though it was never even my intention, which makes me laugh to this day, I giggle every time I I tell people I don't drink anymore because Laura, Laura doesn't drink, come on. Alcohol defined me. I was the party girl. I always had a drink in my head. So to, to now say to people, I don't drink, and it doesn't look, oh, really? I mean, did you go to meetings? No, I didn't go to meetings. I didn't need to go to meetings. I didn't even feel that. I just, I listened to these amazing podcasts and it, and it just clicked for me. And it was so, it was like easy steps and tools that I could use readily, like in a moment's notice, my breath, my awareness. All of that is the witness, all of those things that you can tap into so quickly and so easily to resolve what's going on prior to needing that drink. Mm, And then I just, I just quit. I think actually by the time I called you, I wasn't drinking anymore. Yeah. You had just kind of stopped. I know. And I want to talk about that too, because I think that that's an interesting piece too. Um, so when you, when you started looking at, you realize like, well, alcohol is not really, hasn't solved these problems, right? There's something deeper there. Did you gain a wider awareness then of your relationship with alcohol that you hadn't had before? Oh, a hundred percent. You know, it's been, a, it's been, uh, it's been a band-aid for something that was that required so much more attention than a band-aid it was like putting a band-aid on a severed limb Mm. I needed to attend to the problem I needed to dig deeper and those are things that I couldn't do in the fog of alcohol because let's face it yes I'm the party girl so I partied all day and I partied all night but my mornings weren't my own my mornings belong to sleep. My mornings belong to my hangover. You know, I, they, they, were, they weren't mine. Mm-hmm. Um, so I missed out on a lot of things. I did a lot of racing to catch up. I did a lot of putting out fires instead of preventing them. You know, um, I'm a resourceful person. Um, so I was able to do that. But in the absence of alcohol, I, there would have been no need to do that. In the absence of alcohol, I could have delved into the areas that needed to be dug up and, you know, get past the shame that I had at being molested. Um, I always felt like I kind of allowed that to happen. And, and I look at it now as an adult and I think, how on earth did you allow that? That just, that wasn't, that wasn't it. That didn't happen. Mm-hmm. sorry still a little emotional about that one yeah no this is this is your but, you know 44 years of shame and regret 44 years mm-hmm. what a waste but it's not wasted now because now I'm in control yeah yeah thank you for sharing all that and it's so it's so powerful um so when you moved away from comfortably numb and took the Band-Aid off, um, you know, I'm, there was emotions there, right? Oh, my gosh. If it wasn't for my breathing techniques, if it wasn't for the wit, the witness was my savior. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the witness was my savior. Being able to step outside of me and witness me from a non-judgmental place of love was I don't know the the shift for me was life altering yeah because I always looked at myself with shame and blame 
always. Everything I did, I knew I could do better if, if only I could have, if only I would have. You know, it, my enough was never enough. Never enough. Because there was always that in, in, inner turmoil that was just never attended to. Yeah. So tell us what has changed and shifted for you. Take oh us on God. this like dream journey. <laughs> <laughs> this has been crazy. This has really been crazy. Um, you know, it, it, like I say, I started, I, I stopped drinking sort of by accident. It was just kind of, you put out the invitation to, to, you know, examine it and just, you know, just maybe try to say no, maybe just try to do something different, try to dance instead of having a drink, try to go for a walk instead. So I just took those invitations and, and with each one, my energy grew and my cognitive abilities, mm. um, they expanded. They expanded. I remember things from my childhood that had been so long buried. And not that I wanted to dig all of that stuff up, but I knew it was necessary to dig that kind of stuff up, right? I mean, there's there's no sense healing half of yourself and leaving the other half unhealed. Might as well dig it all up. It, it hurts <laughs> now anyway. Let's just get it over with, right? Dig it all up. Let's lay it all on. And, and being able to um, think through those things remember the things that happened, analyze those things and put them into perspective has just taken the hugest weight off my shoulders. Mm -hmm. Like I don't carry that burden anymore. Yeah. And that's so freeing. And then with that, when that happened, then it's just like this ripple effect because then all of a sudden I was, I have more energy. So now what do you do with that energy? Well, I started to walk and with that came weight loss and, and an increase in, um, in my health and my, my cardio is better. And my, um, just my stamina and my endurance, my balance and my coordination and, and all of those things started to improve. And, and so then I started to push those things a little bit. I started to go out and um, go to the beach and, and walk on the, the cliff rocks and, and try to balance on them and things like that. I've got terrible balance because I broke my back in 95 and, and, and have had bad balance ever since. And, and I just thought, you know, that's just one of those things that's going to dwindle until, until, <laughs> until I'm old and die. But it isn't. It's one of those things that I'm regaining now. I walk on top of uh, a, a beam now that's eight feet above the water <laughs> and I'm not afraid I mean if I fall in I fall in but I know that I can do this I've got this I've got this my relationships at work have improved my relationships in my personal life have improved I have time now to nurture the ones that are important and I know which ones are toxic so quick and I can eliminate them so quickly <laughs> so quickly I mean, I can identify things that I couldn't identify before. The ripple effect is amazing. My food, as soon as I started um, noticing, uh, you know, what, what the feelings were in my gut, because I used to just always have that kind of, just kind of sick in the stomach feeling. Mm -hmm. Now, when I have that, I know something's wrong. I know something's wrong. I'm going to tap into it and say, what, what's going on? What's happening that my body is signaling me? that there's something going on because I know that it's not poison in my body anymore because I'm not doing that anymore. So it's got to be something, right? I'm so much more in tune to my heart, to my gut, to my body, to my, all of it. I'm taking care of medical issues that I have been unresolved for months and months and months. And I'm sadly sad to say years, mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm embarrassed to say years, but you know, I just, I just thought all of those things were a part of getting old and a part of being a part of this dying process, right? Um, but they're not, they're not, because I don't feel like that today. Today, I feel quite healthy and energetic and happy, and I'm working on these things, and I'm pretty, I'm pretty, um, I'm pretty amazing. <laughs> if you want to know the truth. <laughs> When I think back to this last year and a half, I mean, it's amazing 
where I've come from, where I came from and where I'm at today blows my mind. And that's why I still giggle when I say I don't drink anymore. Because it just makes me laugh. It's so good. I was going to ask you, you know, the, the, the change in the relationship with yourself, you know, how you, yeah, absolutely, absolutely different for one. I've never hated being alone, but it was usually because I needed to be alone. (laughs) It wasn't because I liked to be alone. It was because I needed to be left alone because I was recovering from whatever I did the night before, or because I was sleeping off what I did before once I was awake and ready to go, then the party had to start again, right? Like, let's get work out of the way or let's get the responsibility so that that could start again. But that is just not, that's just not the case anymore. You know what? I lost track of what we were, what the question was. Oh, just about how your relationship with yourself and how you feel. Yeah. Yeah. So now that's what I meant to say is that, so now when I'm by myself, it's a choice to be by myself, to be with me, not to be, not to sleep it off, but to be with me, to learn about me, to ask myself questions, to delve deeper into who I am and what I like. I feel like I lost a lot of the developmental period um, through alcohol. And so I don't really know what my likes and my dislikes would have been pre-alcohol. I've been drinking since I was 15. Um, so my that's what I did. That's what I've been doing. Learning who am I without that in my life? What do I like? What do I enjoy? I used to think I enjoyed reading. Turns out I don't. But you know what I do love? I love dancing. I love kayaking. I love going out to the park and stand and climbing up the rocks on the cliff. I love that stuff. And those are things I just didn't do when I was drinking. Yes. Can I, yeah, the, the embodiment piece when I hear you talk just seems so huge and like, you know, thinking that alcohol is like the, you know, having this belief, right. That alcohol is the best thing ever. And this is so fun and it's the party. And then the contrast, I mean, could you have even imagined if someone would have told you what life would be like on the other side from a, from a perspective of, you know, not of deprivation, but of wanting to actually meet yourself of choosing yourself of healing. Right. I mean, could you imagine, could you have even imagined that it would have been this good? I, I couldn't have. Honestly, if I could have, I would have done it sooner. But I never imagined that I could, one, live without alcohol. Two, enjoy my life without alcohol. Like, how do you go to Mexico without margaritas? Mm. How do you go camping without fireball? How do you, like, those, you know, those are just... Those are, it's, they just have always gone so hand in hand with me that, you know, if somebody would have told me you can have a coffee in the morning and it doesn't need to have Bailey's in it, (laughs) I think I would have thought, well, yeah, but why would you, you know, if you can have, if you can live at a five, why wouldn't you choose a six? Mm -hmm. Because alcohol will bring you to a six. What I didn't know is that if, if, if you're at a five and you stop alcohol, you can get to an eight or 10 pretty damn quick. <laughs> right. But I didn't know that. And I didn't believe it. I honestly believed that I needed alcohol in my life, that it was my friend, that it was my savior and that my reward and that I could not be happy without its presence. I truly believed that. Yeah. And so was that belief founded at all? I mean, what would you, cause there's probably a lot of people listening that think, yeah, how do you go camping without fireball? I mean, what would you say <laughs> based on your experience? Well, you know, I just take, I, first of all, I, I go, I go with a different attitude. I, you know, I, it's funny because honestly my camping list is, was embarrassing because it wasn't just the fireball. It was the Bailey's, the fireball, the vodka, the ciders, the, you know, all the things, because depending on the heat of the day, the time of the day, what you were doing in the day, you had to have a different kind of an alcohol, right? Uh-huh, totally. And so so all of a sudden, I mean, it was a huge part of my camping list. Now it's not even on my camping list. And oh my God, it's so easy to pack. 
because yes. my tent and all of that stuff were already ready. They were already good to go. Uh, I don't need the 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 same um, all the the paraphernalia that goes with it. You know, all the mixes and the and so how do I do it? I pack a cooler filled with nutritious, awesome foods and snacks, and I put some kombucha and some juices and some. Uh, some other, you know, nice little things, seltzers and things like that to drink. And I go. And at this time, I take my kayak. Yeah. And you know what? I wouldn't want to be drinking on the water. That would just be stupid because I do, I don't just do calm paddling. I do uh, moderate and, and, you know, um, some hardcore paddling on rivers and, and it can be dangerous and you want to be mindful, safety first, right? And, and, yeah, it, it just doesn't, I packed for camping. It didn't occur to me. It didn't even occur to me. Yeah. So really it's a, it's a whole new mindset. I mean, your intentions are different. You're spending time with different people and different people doing different things. And, you know, it's funny. It's even the different people isn't necessarily a thing because there are some people that are mm -hmm. the same and their drinking has not changed. And that doesn't even bother me. It's just like they are who they are and they're, they're imbibing because they're getting some enjoyment of it. And I remember getting enjoyment out of it. I remember the enjoyment part. I also remember the part that wasn't so enjoyable. Mm -hmm. um, and, they're, and they probably have that too. And when they're ready to look at that, that'll be their journey to look at. But it doesn't, it doesn't affect me whether they do or whether they don't. You know, I've had people say, oh, you can come to this event and don't worry. There won't be, a, you know, there won't be a lot of alcohol. Why would that bother me? It wouldn't bother me if I, I can go to a bar and sit down with people and, and have a drink. Yeah. Of I would just have a club soda and yeah. And uh, oh my gosh. How does something like feel? that? So empowering. It's so like magic. It's like, it's like, uh, I think I've told you this before. I said, I, I kind of feel like I have a superpower now. Yes. <laughs> but, but, <laughs> I kind of feel like I have this superpower that that I could tap into anytime I want. It's so And it's good. got energy and it's got magic and it's got just, just, it just feels good. And that's not to say I don't have my shitty times. My God, life still gets in the way, but, but I have the tools to deal with it. And, and I do. Yeah. It's so amazing. I'm just so proud of you. It's hearing you talk is just so awesome. Um, I wanted to ask you, you know, when you say I see people having, and you know, I, I, I remember what that enjoyment was like or whatever. And I think this is one of the, the thoughts I know I had, and I think a lot of people have is, am I, am I always going to want alcohol? Like, is that always going to be there? So do you think if you were to drink now, you wouldn't, you would enjoy it? You know, um, I had, I, I don't think I, I don't think I would enjoy it only because it, it has really taken, I, I've really flipped it for me now. Yeah. Um, alcohol used to make a lot of really shitty decisions for me. Mm -hmm. um, I was kind of like, a, I mean, I felt in downtown Vancouver at the age of 58, I fell in a fountain trying to take a picture with a statue. Mm -hmm. you know I mean who needs to do that come mm -hmm. on you yeah. know went home soaking wet um yeah so I don't I don't miss I don't miss all that it has I remember the taste of something good and you know so when they tell me oh yeah but it tastes so good like I would really miss it and I think yeah I remember it the taste of that was maybe good not all of it but some yeah. of it yeah um not good enough right to, and there's and there's so many good things but, right and so why would I choose the one that has the ill effect after you know why wouldn't I just take something that won't have that ill effect after yeah I mean there are so many things that you can drink and enjoy you know and I, I still make cocktails I I had a bar right so I have the, the I put juices in and I shake them with ice in the shaker and I strain them into a little cocktail glass when and I have a fancy drink and I put a little orange peel on it and it still looks fancy. I and I don't that. need the alcohol in it to make it more special. It's already special because I went through the process of making it special. Yes. I you know, love yes. the little ritual. Oh my gosh. That's what <laughs> my little rituals. <laughs> 
It is. It can become a ritual of something that's for, you know, this pause, the sacred pause for you to enjoy the taste of something. And, you know, it's like, but it tastes so good. And it's like, you know, but so what? Like, I think one of the things is we, you know, when you're in the mindset of alcohol is, you know, important in some way, Uh right? Uh That it's like there, but you know that it's not doing for you maybe what it once was also. It's like you keep reaching for it to fill this void that it just Mm -hmm. isn't filling and it's creating the deficit. And it's like, we want alcohol to be something that it never will be. It's like with that taste comes the toxin, you know, comes the neurotoxin, right? Like it doesn't exactly can't separate it, but you can. And it never solves, it never solves the void. It never solves the void. And that was the key for me that I didn't, and I couldn't have got to the void without, without sobriety, without putting down the booze long enough to feel the feelings that were hard, that were scary, that I didn't want to feel, but knew, (laughs) you know, are we going to go into the fifth decade like this? No, we're not. We're going to, we're going to end this cycle right now. I love that. I couldn't have gotten to the void without sobriety. And so was it, you know, you know, kind of avoiding it unintentionally, intentionally in some ways, you know, for many years, which we do, it's like, why not drink and avoid this? Right. But was it, is, what was the worst thing that happened when you went in? Well, (laughs) I, I think for me, one of, one of the, and maybe this is just an old fashioned belief, you know, from kids born in the sixties, but, or girls born in the sixties, but I was barely, very, I believed firmly that this life is not something that I could do on my own. Hmm. I couldn't do it as a woman, uh, as a single empowered woman. I needed a partner. I needed uh, somebody else in order to make this work and and so through the drinking of course I'm picking my partners through drinking too um that just it just proved me wrong every time each each one was just so bad that I think once I was sober one of the things that I really worked to change my belief around was whether or not I needed a partner in my life to be happy and once I didn't feel the shame, once I didn't feel the the lack of confidence, once all of those things went away, I I felt, you know what, I got this. I can do this on my own. I mean, that's not to say that I wouldn't like to meet Mr. Wright somewhere down the road someday if the timing and the place is right. Yeehaw. But if it never happens, I can do that too. Because I got this. I got this life. (laughs) It's mine. I own it. I'm in control of it. And, and I don't need somebody else to make that, to make myself whole. And I didn't have that with alcohol. So alcohol was always fixing that always, you know, jumping in to try to fix that feeling. And of course it couldn't, Mm -hmm. you know, of course it couldn't. Um, I needed to fix that. I needed to feel worthy. I needed to feel capable and confident that I, and and that it's okay, (laughs) that it's okay, you know? I don't need someone to make myself whole. It's it's so beautiful. And of course, alcohol could never do that. You know, and I think that this kind of, you know, there is, you you are stepping into the unknown a little bit, right? You're taking a a bit of a leap of faith in possibility. And I think that this is the the scary part for people, but the, the transformation, the expedited transformation that you've had, you know, in a short amount of time, it's not like you have to go back the 44 years to get to where you're at. Right. You know, so Absolutely. what would you say about, you know, taking, taking that leap of faith or really believing in possibility to someone who's like the, the, the tunnel looks so dark right now. I can't see the right. other side. <laughs> I think that if a person has that feeling that they deep down inside that there's gotta be more, there's gotta be more than this. And they want whatever that is. And they know that alcohol is getting in the way then just 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 
shelf it. Just, you don't have to say no forever. Right. Just say no for, just say no for now and yep. see what happens. See what happens from that. And it wasn't instantaneous. I mean, the hangovers were instantaneously gone, mm -hmm. but the energy took a little while to increase. What, what happened immediately though, was that I started to tune into those feelings in my chest, in my gut. It, you know, I started to notice things that I wasn't noticing before or that I was able to ignore before, or I could push it to the back burner for now and I'll think about it later. If you feel like you've got those things, shelf the booze. <laughs> I tell you, all of yeah. that stuff, all of that stuff can be sorted out. Yeah. And then you don't feel the need for the liquor. Instead, it's like now when I have an antsy feeling, I go, oh my God, I need to go for a walk. Right. Like that's the first thing that pops into my head. I got to go down to the river and I got to go for a paddle because I'm in a shitty mood, yeah. you know, and that's how I solve my problems now with things that will, that I know will encourage more positive growth. Yeah. And, and honestly, the last 18 months has been just nonstop. If it, if it doesn't serve me, it's got to go. And, and if it does serve me, then those are the things that I'm going to push myself to do. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's amazing. How do you think you got through some of the initial um, urges or cravings or when you would think like, oh, this is when I would normally drink, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, I have to admit COVID was, was timely for me in that respect. All the yeah. bars closed, you know, I mean, I, I lived two blocks from my local watering hole um, and then it was shut down and everybody stopped socializing. So that made it easy. That gave yeah. me the first, you know, to step out uh, of my normal routine. Yeah. Um, but you know, I just tried to, the, the initial cravings, I think I just tried to remember, um, my new story, yeah. my old, my old story and my ego and my, uh, all the, the shitty things that my ego tells me, those are associated with alcohol. Yeah. Those are the ones that say, you know, have a drink and you won't feel like that anymore. But my new story doesn't include alcohol. My new story is I, I'm planning a retirement and I'm excited about buying a, a van and seeing the world. And, and I, I want to, you know, do some um, volunteering and, and try something. And alcohol has never been a part of any of those things. And I don't intend to allow it to be because I can focus all of my time and all of my attention and energy and positivity in, in those directions because alcohol doesn't prevent me from doing it. Yeah. Beautiful. And, and of yeah. course the witness, right? I mean, that, that's that piece of, of noticing the distinction between that voice, right? The voice of the, the, the old story, which thoughts mm -hmm. are, you know, we, if you listen to the show, you know, thoughts aren't facts. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they're optimal, thoughts aren't facts. <laughs> you know, and they're, they're, they're based on just repetitive thinking. But when you create a new story, you get to create new thoughts that the alcohol is not a part of the story. And, and I, and it's not necessary. And then you start to generate the evidence to prove that point, right? Yeah. We can find evidence yeah. for whatever we want in this world. Yeah. So, so, so I think that even when, you know, now that things have opened up a little bit and we know that's always changing too, but you can kind of, you know, create a safe boundary for your environment, right? Like mm -hmm. don't bring booze into your house. Like don't go to the bar, obviously at the yeah. beginning, yeah. so kind of control that. Yeah. And then, yeah. and then what I would love to, you know, talk to you about now and, um, really is the process of coaching and how that supported supported you know this transformation for you oh my gosh yeah yeah um it it was definitely the step that I needed to take next because once I quit drinking um I had all this time and energy and I didn't really know how to fill it I didn't know what to do with it. You know, usually if I had a really up day or something, I'd plan a party. Uh, I'd plan a barbecue. <laughs> Let's go for a picnic. Like, and then all of a sudden, I was like, oh my God, what do I do with all this energy? And so my call to you was timely. I needed some direction on 
how, you know, what do we, what do I do now? What now? <laughs> what now? I knew what I wanted in the future and I knew where I was, but I didn't know how to connect the dots with those. And that's where coaching has come in. So, so handy for me. Um, having somebody that listens without judgment, you know, because the witness is wonderful. The witness is my best friend, but the witness doesn't always talk back to me. Right. Um, where, where you do, you'll say, no, 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 Laura, you, you're, you got this. That's okay. Right. <laughs> uh, so it's just been, uh, and, and being able to say a lot of things out loud, you know, um, being reminded that there are things that are out there to do that you could do without alcohol now that you've got the time. And you can still go, I love concerts. I love music festivals. I, I can't wait. They haven't opened up here yet in Canada, but I can't wait to, to rejoin that without booze. I mean, I don't need booze for that. I still love a rock concert. I still like to dance. I still like to be the woo girl in the, in the audience. Right. Yeah. And in fact, it's not going to change that. Right. And now what's the difference, you know? Yeah. There's no difference. The, the difference is I'm going to remember the entire event. I'm going to get home to and, and from it safely and probably the DD and, uh, and I'm going to have a great time. I'm going to have a great time. And you're going to get up in the morning while everybody else is hung over. And I'm going to say, wasn't that a great concert? <laughs> right. Do you feel so, like you've been able to gener- generate more real, authentic joy and pleasure, like embodied? hundred percent. Yeah. I was, I I was not a person I liked to be around by myself for great deals of time, unless I was hanging over, you know, dealing with my hangovers. Um, but now I, I love my time. I do some, I do some vision boards now, or I might do a little bit of journaling now. I do some meditation now. And when I, and I lonely to me is not being alone lonely I can be in a room full of people and feel lonely mm-hmm. um but I don't have a lonely spirit anymore lonely was in my spirit mm. and I don't and my my spirit is not lonely anymore so be so yes I am alone I am single and I am alone living in my house but I don't feel lonely um and when I am I I seek people that I normally wouldn't have even sought out before and, and I'm developing new friendships that I wouldn't have before, you know, because I was stuck in the pattern too, right? Same bar, same bar stool, same person sitting beside me, having the same drinks, having the same conversation. Nothing in that, uh, in those dynamics really changed, but in these dynamics, they do. In, in this world without alcohol, it can be whatever I want it to be. It doesn't have to be sitting in the same bar stools, talking to the same person about the same thing it can be whatever I want and what I've wanted has been to go out and try hula hooping and what I've wanted to do is go out and try kayaking what I wanted to do is go out and try hiking you know do the gross grind or you know different things that I would not have done before in the presence of alcohol yeah because alcohol is a pattern you get into a pattern it's a rut And it's just like, I always called it a hamster wheel, right? You just get onto that hamster wheel and it doesn't matter how fast you race or how slow you go. You're always still going in the same direction around and around in the same loop and never really getting beyond that loop. Yeah. Yeah. Without the alcohol, there's no more loop. There's, it's just, it's, it's endless. So awesome. I know. Well, that's the thing. If you just, if you know, and this is how the brain works, right? We, if we, if we think the same thoughts and we ask the same questions and we feel the same feelings in our body, we get the same results. So the willingness to, you know, if you want to change, you have to be willing to have that, that, um, to move through some discomfort, right? When we step out of the comfort 100%. zone, we, 100%. that's why there's resistance, but it's so worth it. Yeah. hundred percent. And I always have to remember every time I'm feeling some discomfort in something, I know I'm going, Yeah, I know it's, yes. I know I'm going because you're only, you're only in that when you're in, in a area where you need to stretch, where you need to grow, where you, you know, so, and, and as far as the coaching habitual thoughts, 
oh man, habitual thoughts. You can fall back into them like the rut in the road so easily. And having you to remind me, oh, but don't forget, Laura, how far you've come. Look where you were here and look where you are now. Those kinds of things in coaching, I, they're priceless. Mm-hmm. They're absolutely priceless. And then I always have to remind myself too, because I'm cheap. I never want to spend a, a dime on anything, right? I'm, I'm, I don't make, I don't make, I, I'm just like middle class, right? I'm a middle class person. I don't make huge money, but I don't make, I'm not poverty either. I'm just stuck in that middle where you feel like you, you just always have to save every cent you've got if you want to retire. But honestly, Mary, it costs less to talk to you and and coach with you than it cost me to to drink. (laughs) (laughs) So it was like, you took all of that. You you took all my my finances, basically. But for you, I would not have been able to do this because... And my finances are amazing right now. Like, my bank account has never looked fatter. And I wouldn't have had that without coach. Yeah. And I mean, really like in the end, what's the value that you've, that you've gained for your, for the rest of your life? There was never a question for me about the value. I knew there was value there. It was just whether or not I was willing to spend on myself, but absolutely the value is there. I knew that when I, and I knew that we aligned anyway, when I listened to your podcast, I mean, it just, they made sense to me. The Mm -hmm. tools were so I, I'm a, I do construction. And so I, I love the idea of a tool belt because I wear one all the time. And the fact that you could give me a tool that I could stick in my tool belt and that it was readily available at every moment. It, it, life-changing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so, it's been such a pleasure to work with you. And you know, something that I wanted to, and I hope this is okay to bring this up, but you know, is that you had called me well, at one point, and you know, you were you were in the belief that I, you know, I can't afford this right now. And then you called me back, and you know, and and we moved forward with coaching. And I have, you know, people call me, and we don't move forward with 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 coaching because of for whatever mm-hmm. reason. But mm-hmm. um, how do you feel like the you know, first of all, doing that, and you know, being able to give yourself permission to change your mind, I think is huge. And I want everyone to be able to hear that no matter what they're changing their mind about. But also, mm-hmm. you know, the time frame. do you feel like it expedited the results? You oh, have my. Now? oh, my, you know, absolutely. I know that when we first talked, and you said, you know, we should really talk for six months, and I'm like, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking I'm kind of a keener, I like to get things wrapped up in, you know, let's expedite this in two to three months. And by the time we were through three months, I thought, there's no way I'm going to be ready in six months to let you go. <laughs> there's just no way. Because we started to delve into things that it didn't even occur to me to start thinking about. And, and the other thing was too, when you said, you have to be here, you have to make the commitment to show up every week, whether you want to or not. <laughs> and I thought, okay, do you remember that one? We were about three or four sessions in and then I met with you and I was just like, I am here because I promised to be here, but I don't want to talk and I don't want to this and I don't want to be here. And you said, well, good for you for showing up. And then you started just chatting and pretty soon I'm completely engaged. I'm writing notes and I'm like, oh my God, that was exactly what I needed. That was exactly what I needed to do was to show up. Yeah. And then of course there's the pride in showing up. I have invested time, effort, energy, money, uh, I've engaged other people. I've asked for their time, your time, your energy, your effort to, you know, and, and yeah, just show up, just show up and just do it. Yeah. I honestly am the cheapest person, a Scots woman right through and through. And the idea of spending any money on myself, I, I shop, everything I buy is from value village. You know, I'm just, that's just, I'm a frugal person that way, but but the money that I have spent on you is the best money I think I've spent in years, years and years. The investment in myself has been so incredibly palpable. I see, I just went to, I just went to Alberta to visit some, uh, some family and my sister-in-law grabbed my face and she said, Oh my God, you look 
so happy and so healthy. I had, you know, she just overwhelmed. Mm, that's amazing. Yes. Oh my gosh. It's so good. You know, and that, what you were saying about, and when I said, you know, you have to show up kind of no matter what, like who's that commitment for? Oh, hundred percent for me. hundred percent for me. Absolutely. Yeah. But you know, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, um, the coaching, I, I honestly thought it was just going to be you coaching me through the things that I was that were in my head, in my, but it's gone so far beyond that. Mm-hmm. We've tapped into possibilities that I didn't even dream about until now. Yeah. And, and each sober month and, and each month of increased energy, because this is all still pretty new for me, um, just makes me feel like there is, I'm, my, my possibilities are truly limitless. They're truly limitless. I hadn't thought that. Yeah. I, I, I knew that I could go from being a drinking person to a non-drinking person. I mean, lots of people do it. But I didn't know I could go from being the, the person who lacked confidence and self-esteem to, and that had to drink to get through that to being a confident dynamic (laughs) individual completely whole individual I didn't know that that would happen I didn't know it was possible for me (laughs) yeah but it is it was how does that make you feel oh my god I'm a little teary because yeah. it's still overwhelming. It is still so new. And I, you know, but it, it just, sometimes it makes me a little bit nervous or afraid. And then you set me back on track, but mostly I just feel so grateful and, and, and just truly happy in my soul. Mm. Not bogged, not yeah. bogged down anymore. You know, not wait. There's no weight. There's no weight anymore there was always the weight on my shoulders or the secrets or the shame or all the shame god there's just none of that anymore I talk to myself now like I would talk to my niece you know I don't, I'm not angry with you anymore I don't say shitty things to myself do you think that there was always a little voice, that voice of the higher self that you, that you kind of knew was there, but ignored? hundred percent. Because a lot of people have said, you know, when I tell them that, oh yeah, I was lacking confidence or feeling shame, they would say, oh my God, Laura, that just didn't come across. That is, that has never come across to us. We, we didn't see you that way. Um, I think booze masked a lot of the the fear um but not in a healthy or a or a sustainable way right that's why I had to keep drinking <laughs> never in a sustainable way um and 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 now and now drinking booze isn't in control of that alcohol doesn't control my confidence my lack of, or lack of I control that I can sit down and, and decide what I want something to look like and make those choices. Yeah. I don't need a, a drink to, 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 <laughs> to, you know, my liquid courage, my liquid courage, it, it doesn't exist anymore. I don't need liquid to be courageous. I'm a fucking lion. Yeah. I just have to sit down and <laughs> I just have to, I just have to sit down and visualize it and make it happen. Right. Right. What do you think has been the most, I mean, we talked about the witness, but what, I mean, what else has been really powerful for you um, as far as tools or, or strategy that you've, that you implement? Being able to talk to you every week has been huge, has been huge there. Like I say, there was that one time I didn't want to show up more, more often than not, it, especially at the beginning. I needed to talk to you. It was like, oh my God, when is my call? When is my call? When is my call? <laughs> and, 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 then, uh, and then we started working on models. Mm-hmm. And that was 
hugely helpful for me. Mm-hmm. And those, those models I've been able to take to other scenarios and other situations. And, and so that would be a huge one. Um, the creation of how I want things to look rather than, you know, taking control. The, the, the tools of being able to control how I want something to be. Not that I have control of life, of course, but, you know, that I have control of my portion of it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Of how I show up, of how I conduct myself. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Huge for me. Huge for me. And the constant reminder, and I needed a lot of reminding that I am worthy. Yeah. You are. We all are. We all are. Yeah. How I want to kind of ask you this one last thing of, you know, your, your, and you may have already kind of said it, but your perception of, of interacting with others. I mean, your thoughts and, and, and feelings around other people, since you haven't been drinking and you've been more dynamic in your own energy. Well, it's funny because, uh, some of the people that I looked up to, I don't, (laughs) I can see things more clearly. Yeah. Um, I can see what you know alcohol can it kind of veils it's a it's a bit of a shroud it veils or fogs out uh you know a person uh, oh, I don't know how how to say this um I always tended to believe what people said mm-hmm. you know if you say it then it must be true and why would you say it if it wasn't true but but people's intentions aren't always the same as what they say and in alcohol I couldn't see that without alcohol I can yeah it's just clearer it's just clearer to me who people are what their true intentions are what they're you know and and then I can choose to participate or not right but but I see clearer what I'm dealing with yeah. Well, yeah. And in the end we have, when we can discern, discern, right. When we can kind of take that wider perspective and see the react, see reality, kind of examine things from the witness, then you get to choose from a, from a neutral place, right. How I want to show up versus just reactivity all the time. Yes. Yes. And using, using my stories as just neutral thoughts, you know, looking at them as a neutral thought versus a fact that was huge too yeah. when you're talking about tools what's fact what's just what's <laughs> just the story <laughs> what's the story right and and most of my life I lived based on what, what was the story yeah. what was the story I was supposed to live and now you know what alcohol will never prevent me from doing amazing things that will never prevent me from climbing up the grace gross ground or getting in a kayak. It'll never pick another relationship for me. That's for sure. It has picked every relationship to date and it will never pick another. Um, I have, I have the confidence to, to get up and, and just approach each day feeling like I, you know what, I, I'm going to lead this, I get up with a good intention, I'm going to lead this day with, with, uh, you know, goodwill toward others, and, and just, and, and stay true to myself. And every day, that's what I get up and do. Some days are harder than others, but every day is better than the last. Oh, Laura, this is so amazing. I'm, you have inspired so many people today. What would you kind of to, to wrap up our call? Um, what would you tell a woman? I mean, you said earlier, you know, shelf, just shelf it for now, but what would be your final inspiring words for someone that's kind of been on the shelf of, of taking, you know, taking the next step or they're at that crossroads? I think, I think I would say that it's never too late because I started to wonder for me if it was, you know, and for a little while it was hard to, to, you know, uh, wonder what I should have done this when I was 30, or if I, if only I'd have done this at 40, or if only I would have, but you know what, today's, today's a great day. Today is a great day to do it right now for yourself, choose you and just do it. It's not too late. Just do it. You won't regret it. Yeah. There's no magic date, right? 
there's no magic date. Oh my God. Today's a good day. Yes. Today's a good, great day. <laughs> it is. It's going to be an amazing day. I'm so thrilled. Laura, thank you for your presence and your bravery. And all, you know, when I believe when we show up in the world more authentically from the heart and we, we make decisions with personal responsibility, we're less likely to, to judge the other and throw stones. And, you know, and it's like, we all have judgments. We all have opinions, but we create a more peaceful world by starting with the peace inside of ourselves. And I want to thank you for being a part of that in my world. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Mary. I appreciate that. Okay. Thanks everyone. Talk to you soon. If a life of deeper self-mastery and feminine embodiment is calling you, but alcohol is the one constant in your way, I want to invite you to check out my one-on-one coaching program. It's your opportunity to apply the tools and principles from the show to your life one step at a time. Together, we create the safe and sacred container to explore the habit of alcohol, the power of choice, and awaken your inner light. Schedule a complimentary alignment session where I will help you uncover the next best step for you on your journey of discovering what's possible on the other side of alcohol. Follow the link in the show notes or on my website, marywagstaffcoach.com. I can't wait to connect.